Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Detraction Pieces podcast, episode 347. How are you all doing? Thank you so much for all the, the huge reactions to recent episodes. Over the years, I've gone down the line of getting a lot of actors and directors and comedians. And just recently, I've had a few rappers in, in close succession. Gets last week, Dizzy a few weeks before. And they've gone down a tree. And that trend is continuing as today's guest is the one and only Action Bronson. Now, I was dead nervous about this chat because I've, I've not met Action before. Um, and we did it over Zoom, obviously. And I'll warn you now, we had some technical difficulties, but they've more or less been solved, right? So what, as we'll explain as we get going, what basically happened is we had drama finding a way to record his audio, his end. Because the way I do these, I don't just put out Zoom audio. Because if you've heard a lot of other podcasts, not naming any names, it can be really bad to listen to and sound crap. So I use Zoom as the way that we're conversing, but I get them to record their audio and I record mine. So blah, blah, blah. We go back and forth. We find an online way for for action to record his. And then we record. We have this amazing chat. And right as I stop recording, I've said goodbye he realises his, his laptop that he was recording on had died. Now, at that point, we didn't know when it died. So we didn't know how much good audio we had, how much we were going to... I recalled, Obviously, I recalled the Zoom audio as a backup. But yeah, the good news was, like, 45 minutes or so was the good audio. And then we'll... Buddy Pieces are wizard anyway. You probably won't even notice. Like, In fact, there's a point where Action gets up to go and answer the door. So we have to switch over to the Zoom audio there. But I bet you won't even notice. But um, anyway, that's what's going on. It was great to to sit down and chat. Man, we chatted everything. I didn't expect us to talk about my brother as much as we did. But yeah, we talk music, career, New York, food, cooking, health, exercise, wrestling, computer games, U- UFC, acting, like everything, painting, and obviously, we're talking about his, his new, new record and new music video, but we get into all of it. Um, and yeah, I finished it buzzing because I, I just, yeah, despite having never met, it was really easy. Like, <clears throat> it's, more, it's more concerning these days over Zoom because previously I did all of these face-to-face. And in general, face-to-face, even if we've never met, I know we're going to get the, the measure of each other quite quickly, but over Zoom, sometimes not so much, so... But yeah, it worked out. And the same happened with next week's, actually. But I'll tell you more about that later. For now. or In fact, if this is your first time tuning in, previous guests include the Killer Mike episode is, is well worth listening to. LP was another one I did recently that went down an absolute treat. Sage Francis, B. Dolan, Open Mike Eagle, Jean Grey, who comes up in conversation, I think. Loads of really good guests in the back catalogue. Just go to wherever you listen, search distraction pieces, and then the name of the person you want to listen to. Because, I mean, you could just go and scroll through, but we've put out a lot of episodes. So, um, in fact, do you want to know how many episodes we put out? 347, because this is episode 347 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Action Bronson. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of 
So you've got me in your headphones now. I sure do. Perfect. Well, let's begin. Right, I'm here today with Action Bronson. How are you doing, sir? Oh, man, I feel amazing now that we've gotten all the little technical kinks worked out. <laughs> it's surprisingly difficult. I've had this constantly since this pandemic thing. Because, again, you think that's that's a simple thing, right? Record, record your audio. And then there's these, these hurdles, like Apple ID passwords and, <laughs> and shit like that. Hey, man, that's self-inflicted memory loss. I'm sorry about that one. I'll remember it when we get off, trust me. That's all good. That's perfect. Like, how's your day been? I saw on uh, on Instagram another w- a workout video. I'm seeing a lot of them l- lately. It's kind of fucking annoying, honestly, right? I like it. I like it. Okay. I, had, I had a thing I, where... I feel, I feel a way sometimes when I post too much of it. I, I, I'm trying to be kind of an inspiring type of situation because, you know, can show that anyone fucking could do it. I know yeah. how hard it is, and I could... I saw just from my posting one or two how many people hit me up inspired and how that could change someone's life or change someone's outlook a day. So I figured, why the fuck not? Who cares? What do my feelings have to do with anything? doesn't matter. Yeah, it's weird to feel guilt about being excited about improving yourself, right? I had the same because when I, when I used to tour all the time, I kept in good shape because I'm running around on stage every day. And when I stopped doing music and focused on other shit... I had to start getting into fitness and I got really into CrossFit, which is the worst one to be talking about online because there's every dickhead banging on and on about it. But anytime I post about it, I feel embarrassed or ashamed. But it's a good thing, right? If you're if you're enjoying it and you're 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 getting into it, it's making you feel good. It is. It's, It's making me a better person. I think that it's helping other people, too, because, you know. Like, I wouldn't be fucking posting anything if I was still four, almost 400 pounds looking crazy, yeah. eating fucking cake on the couch, you know? That's not, I wouldn't do that, but so I, there, there's improvements to be made. There's improvements to be yeah. seen. So I feel like, you know, like, sometimes it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You know, so I, I figured I'd show the fucking tough times, the easy times. You know, shit, just got to show it all. Gives a fuck. So, One life. So what's your goal with it? Because you're looking like you're, you're getting life. strong, man. And yeah, nah, so is, it, is, is, it, is always... it strength? Is it just fitness, like general yeah. health? Yeah, it's fitness. I've always been strong. That's never been like a thing I had to work on, you know? Yeah. Strength was always there. It's it's endurance. It's usage of the muscle, you know? Not for it to just be there and be fucking bulky and nothing doesn't work, you know? For the muscles to fire and, you know, just overall be healthy. Aesthetics yeah. will come, you know? Aesthetics will come. It took a long time for me to do this to myself, so... I'm not expecting instant results on a total aesthetic, you know, but it's coming. It's work. I'm working. I'm working towards it. I love it. I love it. Um, I saw you posting as well the other day about, um, or in fact, I heard you on, on UFC Unfiltered and I saw you posting about playing the, the new UFC game against, uh, against Jorge Street yeah. Jesus. Um, are you a UFC fan and are you a gaming fan? I guess. Yeah. I'm a big UFC fan. Um, I'm a big mixed martial arts fan. I'm a big combat sports fan. Boxing, I'm the wrestling, same, anything. I love it. Yeah, you know, like that's in my blood. I was. I'm not a. I wouldn't call myself a gamer, but I'm like an original gamer from when the games first came out. You know, Mortal yeah. Kombat, Street Fighter. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Mario Kart, original shit, Contra, Little League Baseball, type Contra, of stuff like yeah. that. I like those games. I'm not really into like. The games now that you get ranked in, you know, like fucking Halo or some dumb shit. I'm sure that's really outdated, right? Halo. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm the same. I oh, I've lost you there. Where have you got Sorry, man. My phone. 
my phone is dying. It's not. It's it's gonna make it, but I'm gonna have to plug in at some point. I'm a. It'll schmuck, be okay. So. It'll, it'll be okay. But no, I'm I'm the same on that. I'm not interested in playing games with some kids in another no. country who's gonna beat the sh- the shit out of me in a second. It's not even fun. It's not fun when you play online, as I learned, <laughs> because I'm not talking shit or he's my guy. But they definitely rigged it up somehow that my character would work as good as his. <laughs> That's tough, man. That's tough. So, so how long you've been watching mixed martial arts? Because it's been interesting in these past few months. Because it's the one yeah. sport that I don't think it's suffered too much from not having a crowd there. As as a viewer, like I enjoy yeah. hearing hearing the corner more, hearing the impact, yeah. as brutal as it is. But hearing the 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 talk in the in the cage and shit and and shit like that is it's interesting, man. It's unbelievable. It's like back in the old days. I mean, I've I've been watching since you know I saw the first UFC because yeah. a friend of mine, my man named Ronnie Rango, who lived in my neighborhood, good friends growing up, and his father. I don't know. They had the the box cable box that you could get all the free pay per views. You yeah. know, and that was like a fucking rarity. <laughs> and whoever had that, it was like, oh, shit, the golden ticket. So we would go there and watch the UFC, watch wrestlings and shit. So back in the 90s, like when we were in elementary school, literally yeah. is when we watched UFC. You yeah. know, 91, 92, 93, 94, around those times, whenever it first came out and made its debut. It was next level. It was like, what the hell are we watching? Drinking Pepsi fucking clear. <laughs> you know, the crystal Pepsi and fucking... Yeah eating little sandwiches on little buns that his mom would make and watching fucking UFC and wrestling. It's it's, it's mad, though, because a lot of people kind of tapped out when it stopped being like a sideshow and became a proper sport. And again, I prefer it now. I started off on that early shit, but now mm. I kind of go, I wouldn't want it to go back to that. I like that they're athletes and it's a technical battle rather than just here's some big guys punching each other. I can see that. Like there's a pub car park that I can see <laughs> from, from my window now. Like I can go out there and watch that That's any right. night of the week. I don't need to <laughs> to pay per view for that. So yeah, it's, I mean it's, it's it was all fun. Old. It was interesting. It was it was more it was more in the in the vein of the kumite, like from blood sport. And like that's yeah. a real thing. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like fighters from all over the world would come, and it wasn't it was an open weight. They still have things like that, an open weight class, but. I do like the weight classes. You see better matchups. You see real, 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 real matchups. Yeah. It's not just fucking, what was the guy's name? The, the sumo wrestler, uh, whatever. Fucking getting knocked out by, you know, by a karate guy. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. Just, yeah. It's, it's, it's much better now. I definitely agree. So so speaking of, of that time, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be going all over the place here because you do a lot That's of shit like. and it's, it's interesting stuff and there's a lot of i've noticed a lot of of wrestling references in your in your l- lyrics you clearly know your wwe your wcw all this kind of thing from in the day so what, yeah damn right so, so i mean that's was, all old shit yeah but what was young action bronson gr- growing up in in new york like because were your parents like you had a, a Muslim father and a, a, Jew, a Jewish mother, right? So yeah. there's going to be some stricter influences there. Is that the case? Or was that the case, I guess? And then, yeah, what did you find outside of these things? I don't know the stricter influences because, you know, there was influences from all over the place. It wasn't just from in the household, you know. Like uh, I, living in Queens, you get influenced by everywhere. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so many different types of people around. But, you know, growing up 
pretty much Albanian with an American mother. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because, you know, like everyone else in the house is Albanian and only my mother is the American woman, you know? So it's like, it was, it was crazy. It was yeah. amazing. It was, it's a beautiful thing to this day. It's uh it's a blessing. I love my Albanian family. I love my, my, my mother's side of the family. Just a bunch of great people, you know, and uh, I got lucky. So having that much kind of diversity in the house, but then also being in Queens and being like what I love about New York. Like I spoke about it when I had, I was over there and I recorded a, a podcast with Jean Grey. And, and, and the mm-hmm. day of that interview, I'd gone for a walk. And the way I described it was I started my walk and it felt like I was in a Nas video about halfway through my walk, I felt like I was in a, a Mattish Yahoo video, and then by the end, I was in a Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's video. And that was all within, like, an hour's a walk. So it must be good growing up somewhere that you've got that much diverse influence coming in, I guess, that you can see all these, these different walks of life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it shows me. People are born all over the place. I was born in Queens. That's what that's what made me. That's that That's kind of what defines me. Yeah that diversity and that open mind yeah so so was rap always kind of on your radar and your goal but, but because again you do a lot of things that we're going to talk about but i'm guessing growing up in kind of the 80s and 90s you were probably too young for africa and then krs and juice crew and all that but like nas a wu-tang mob deep th- yeah. that that must have been amazing to be in the middle of all that happening right that happening around you yeah i mean i i started probably listening to rap music in like 89 90 i would yeah. say i was born in 83 i always had older cousins that's yeah. how you learn about shit you know i had older cousins and at that time you know mtv had just popped off so we were at home watching music videos and you know then we would go to the sam goody or you know, the tape store in, in Queen Center Mall or Coconuts or, or Nobody Beats the Wiz, and you would go buy tapes. And it didn't matter who it was. If it was in the rap yeah. section, you just fucking buy it. So you I had music. I you, At that time, when you were really, really young, at that time, you didn't know, you know, some, like, Rex and Effects, I definitely yeah. purposely went to go buy Rump Shaker in Green Acres Mall with my yeah. friend Troy. Yeah. Like, we purposely went to go get that tape, you know? Yeah. And people don't don't realize that particularly number one pre-internet and number two early days of rap, you didn't have loads of options. It was what you could physically get your hands on, right? Yeah. It, was, it was even worse over here on getting imports. It's literally like we've got one rap album imported this month or this week or whatever. It's like I'll take that then. I'll, <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll grab it's whatever that. Whatever it is, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I was lucky. I grew up in. There was a lot of good music stores around me. You know. There yeah. was the stores that, like, Wiz, Nobody Beats the Wiz and Sam Goody and Coconuts. Those were, like, the main, the bigger stores. But there were, like, this a little mom-and-pop store up the block from my from my house. It was on Northern Boulevard and 162nd Street. They sold vinyl, and they sold mixtapes. So that's where we would, you know, I didn't, I wasn't going to Jamaica Avenue to get my mixtapes yet. I was going up the block to Northern Boulevard to get them. And yeah. then you go to Jamaica Avenue because I lived on the, I lived right on the street where the bus could take you to Jamaica Avenue, Queens, to Flushing, Queens, like deep Main Street Flushing. Like, I live in Flushing, but there's also a, a little bit deeper. Main Street yeah. Flushing is where all the stores are. And then there's another one to take you to, like, 71st and Continental and Forest Hills, which will take you to the city because that's where the train is. Yeah. So I had the option to go to these three areas, 
Jamaica Avenue, Coliseum Block, a bunch of crazy stuff over there, amazing food, Jamaican food, first time seeing that type of stuff. Then you go to Flushing and it's all the Asian area and you're getting fucking swelted by all these unbelievable smells. And like, I remember going to get the PlayStation chip so we could play the Japanese conversion games and shit on Main Street, you know, buying like spawn toys, you know, like, what are we doing? Playing laser tag at this place that was like the first place ever that had laser tag. And it was inside like a, it was on the street and it was like inside, like almost like a store. But it was deep. I can't even explain it. It was just amazing. That's so amazing. there's just so many like little cutty things that we used to do in all these little places. And it was just so many different experiences, you know, yeah. different. It wasn't like we're going fucking to the mall to just walk around. Even though we did that, that wasn't the only thing we were able. I mean, in New York, you could go outside of the mall, walk down Queens Boulevard, end up in the city, walk back that way, end up, you know, just each block tells its own story. Yeah. So, so how are, I mean, you've spoken, like you said, so 89, so you're looking at when you and were And I was definitely around seven, for all right? the KRS, yeah, all, yeah. yeah, all that stuff. Because I come from, you know, with the older cousins, man, like I said, they were, yeah. Teen, yeah, yeah, they yeah. were like 13, 14, 15 teenagers at the time. And then I had a cousin that was a little bit old, like 18. They're the ones who put me onto all the mixtapes, starter jackets, yeah. sneakers, having all the newest sneakers because they would get them for me, you know, at it was just wearing guest jeans and fucking Timberlands and all that stuff. They put me onto that stuff. I'm imagining that, but you, but like a fraction of the height at like, at like eight or nine fully in your rap starter pack. As, yeah, as no, such for, your, your I mean, you know, just like everything. Now it, it wasn't even rap starter kits at that time. It was literally, that was what, that's all that there was. There was no yeah. like, there was no such thing as a rap starter kit. It was yeah. literally rap was just starting. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so it was being defined by all these different things. Like, And I always love a good sports team on my sweatshirt. So Damn right. So so, so when did you start rapping then? Again, because that's an early age to be exposed to it all. So that's yeah. g- going to be giving you a head 20s, start. I didn't rap to my 20s, bro. Really? Not really. I didn't rap to my 20s. I, I never, it was never something that I was interested in, me actually rapping. I just loved rap music. Yeah, I wasn't ever a rapper. I was. I wanted to be a chef, you know. Yeah, and uh, you know, like artistic influences go hand in hand, kind of. You know, chef, music. I mean, cul- culinary, music, dan- all that shit is art. Yeah, painting. So I feel like you know, everyone wants to have a little bit of a, each other in them. Like cooks want to fucking be rappers, and rappers want to be foodies, and yeah, dancers want to be fucking you know I'm, singers. I'm- I moved into I moved into acting a few years back, and we're going to talk about that as well. And every set I've been on, even the biggest actors there are like, "So you rap? Like they want to be a rapper?" It's like you've you've done like millions in box office. I'm trying to be be what you're doing, but because I come yeah. from that that background and I've toured it and and lived it, and that there's yeah. there's that I excitement. Mean, actors, Everyone wants that. It's it's not just about rapping; it's the performance. There's there's I feel like actors appreciate performance art. And yeah. you know the passion that I fucking dish out is unmatched. It's it's completely second to none. That was my route into acting because I had a load of different actors who I was a fan of who were into my music and were saying exactly that, saying, "You know, in your music videos, you know you're acting, and you know yeah. when you're on stage, you know you're acting. When you you're giving that energy or you're 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 that angry in that song, yeah. you're not really angry. 
you're not coming off stage and starting a fight. You were doing it for that moment. It's acting. Exactly. It's part of the performance. You were, so. in, you were in that zone. You were in your you were in your performance side bag. Yeah, I loved that. So, so how far did you go with food in those early days then? Because obviously you've come back to it now. But how much of a focus was that that you were gonna that you wanted to cook that you wanted to to create yeah, was, food as your yeah, art? I was I was cooking. I was in culinary school. You know, I did all that shit. I worked in restaurants for years. And then towards, you know, 25, 26, 27 is when I really, maybe 26 is when my, you know, good friend of mine, Mayhem Loren, was like, yeah, you should try rapping because I was always fuck around and make people laugh and stuff like that. But yeah. never did it any anything serious. And he was being trying to be a serious rapper at the time. And he just, I wrote my first full rap in his mother's kitchen. And it's fucking been, you know, here we are. Yeah. 10 years it. later, 12 years later. So how was it in that short amount of time to then get to work with those legends of your area, of New York, with Nas, with Cool G Rat, with Prodigy, with Raekwon and people like that? Yeah. How was that to go, right, I wasn't, I wasn't looking to do this. I wasn't trying yeah. to take this seriously. And then all of a sudden it snowballs and it snowballs and it's, it's that's, damn that's serious. exactly how I feel. That's how it happened. It was yeah. not really like in the beginning, I was just doing it for fun. Cause it was like an outlet. It was giving me something to do creatively. You know, it's just another creative outlet. I'm an addictive person. Like it, it's like chain smoking. So yeah. this is like chain wrapping. I have to keep doing it. Once I'm doing it, I'm getting better. I got to keep going. So, you know, I was just doing it for myself at the time. And then it kind of fucking became serious when, some friends of mine were like, you know, let's put you up on the internet. I, knew, I wasn't even on the inter-fucking-net at that time. The last time I had the internet was AOL dial-up, you know? Yeah. And uh, he made me a MySpace. We put a couple songs up there. I put a picture of myself smoking a very thin blunt, which I thought was, like, ill at the time. Like, yeah, I got a blunt in my mouth, backwards hat. The, if you see the picture now, the blunt is paper-thin. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally one of the smallest blunts I think I'd ever rolled. And I don't know why they caught me that day in a picture, but fuck, what are you going to do? Um, yeah, and it's been from there. And then, you know, who fucking hurt me? I don't even know how it happened. It just kind of like, kind of went. And I think, to be honest with you, it's kind of funny because the first person that I think I ever did a feature for was Ghostface. Wow. It was me, him, and Terminology on a song called Meteor Shower or Meteor Hammer, something like that, in 2011. And then, you know, we were good, met Ray. We did shit, me, him, Prodigy. You know, I met Prodigy when he first came home from jail because I had just met Alchemist around that time. So yeah. that's, where I, that's where I would meet them. I would meet them at their studio in Queens, and Alchemist would be there, and, you know, the whole mob would be there. Havoc, Twin, fucking everyone. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, fucking... My guy, Rappanoid. I got in the booth and Rappanoid came in and he was bugging. He was like, yo, I was fucking bugging. This is my man, Rappanoid, you know? It's like, wild. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, and then from there, I just, I've worked with the legends of legends. Fat Joe, fucking, you know, I love Fat Joe. Yeah. And I just to be able to do songs with them, with him, fucking Ray, Ghost, fucking who else? P, for God's sake, Sean Price. You know, yeah. I met Sean Price earlier at the studio where I first started, PF Cutting Studio in Brooklyn, in East New York. That's that was Sean P's boy. You know, it was his DJ, so he would be at the studio. Like dudes like Lil Dap, 
and Nutcracker from Groupon would be at the studio, Master Killer. This is like how I started rapping, you know, underneath a store. When you open up the gates, you have, you know, the storage room. There, there was a studio under there on yeah. a store, Van Sicklin in Jamaica Avenue. And that's, you know, that's how it started. And you fucking people take notice and they take liking to you and just rolls from there. From fucking Wiz Khalifa, Mac Miller. I've worked with everybody. Kendrick, fucking Rocky. Everybody that could possibly be named. It's madness though, right? Because again, I, yeah. I, 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 I love, I was talking about this on a podcast the other day because it's the same in in parts of London, particularly in East London when Grime was blowing up was the amount of people that you'd look at now who've collaborated that you'd think, right, a label must have put that together. These people must have said, and, and like you, you were compared early on to Ghostface, so you'd think yeah. oh, someone's put, put them together. But all mm-hmm. of those collaborations tend to happen because there's only one studio in town that everyone's using and you're going to be in there. You're going to be across the hall from where they're recording or, or where they're getting stuff done. And it becomes this natural and organic thing, right? Rather than this, who's on my list of people I'd like to. Yeah. I didn't have, I I mean, I didn't have anyone on the list except cool G rap. Yeah. And I, that's off my list. Yeah. I got a verse from, from G rap. We were in the studio together and just being there with him. He's my favorite rapper of all time, period. You know? And, uh, we didn't even, I didn't even put the song out that we did. It was like I fucking had him in the studio and just for me to keep. I didn't even put it out. We did this way five shit. years ago. Five years ago, me and G-Rap had fucking crazy, a crazy song over an Oh No beat. It's Mad Lib's brother. Yeah. Oh No is an amazing producer and we just have a fucking banger. Maybe I'll just put it out soon. Next album. You gotta do, that's some Prince shit right there. Like when you hear that Prince has got this vault of collaborations of music yeah. or had of music videos and all sorts of shit that I got know. some crazy I honestly got some crazy ones I got a song with Uncle oh, what have you Luke got? also Uncle Luke yeah that I never put out which is pretty next level you know big two live crew fan growing up as a kid yeah you know my father threw out all those tapes he fucking threw the radio <laughs> out the window shit like that of course he did I, I, I love but that yeah though. I'm sorry every 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 uh, collaboration has been organic Every yeah. every collaboration has been organic. Just th- those early ones, they were you know they put us together, but it ended up being beautiful, you know. But yeah. every everything that I've done is all organic. I don't go looking for people. I don't ever really ask anyone to do songs. It just happens, you know. Do, do you get any time to step back and a- appreciate it? Because again, as you said, like when that ball I'm starts still rolling, moving, bro. I'm still moving. That's it. That's have... it. When that ball starts rolling, you yeah, don't have that. No. It's just it is what it is. Because I still feel like I'm just getting started, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm still in my fucking prime. I'm feeling amazing. Like my mind is sharper than ever. And I just feel, I don't know. I just feel like fucking for whatever anyone can say about, you know, any type of comparisons, people have been compared all over the world, but there's nobody on this fucking planet earth that could ever downplay anything I've done for this culture. I've made fucking unbelievable strides in music, fucking teaching people how to eat, showing people how to eat, fucking showing people how to be happy, how to be your fucking self, how to not let anybody try and fucking tear you down. I think that I'm a fucking prime example of that. I've started a lot of trends in this fucking world. I don't ever talk like, yo, I did this, I did that, but bro, you can fucking check my goddamn resume since 2010. Anything that people are trying to do now and bring back, I'd already done. 
Yeah. Talking about using the best fucking rarest samples in hip hop history. You want to talk about like people who are really like music nerds? Go and check my catalog from rare Turkish, rare Thai, rare Italian, rare this. This motherfuckers will never get these samples. They don't. I'm the one. It's me. I'm the yeah. one that did these things. Blue chips. This a fucking album. All these shits that well, everything I've done is just albums of fucking craziness. Yeah. You know. And you know some. You know I'm, I don't look for credit. I let people say what they want. I don't need to take credit for anything. I know what I've done. Yeah. I know what I've done, and people know what I've done. I'm not the gloater. I'm not the gloater. I'm the fucking promoter. I'm the, you know let's get everybody involved. Let's make sure everyone's making money. Let's make sure everyone's good to go. No. I feel that. I feel that. And 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 you say again, it's key that I don't care what anyone else says because one of the things that is always going to get some kind of backlash is when you want to do anything other than what they first heard about you for. Do you know what I mean? So 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 when you well, start yeah, doing, because, of course, a, you know, a TV you... show like when you're hosting, like fuck, that's delicious, and you're doing food, they're not going to know that food was your thing before rap was your thing. So it's you know yeah. these are all these are no, all but just. That's... That's 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 the interest of diving into a personality or like a character, you know. Like I have so much for people to dive into. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. there's so many layers and levels of my character and things that have gone on since 2010 that you could really, you know, it's like a fucking. You could go back to then and see what's been going on. Yeah. You know, I've been around. It's 2020. I've been out since 2010. You know, lots of amazing shits happened in that 10 years, man. Yeah. I fucking have lots of memories, lots of craziness. And it's only, that's what I'm saying, it's only begun. And yeah, you start off as some sweetheart for a lot of people. And, you, you know, like you, you take some of these like these sites that like they criticize music and they fucking rate it with the number system. and shit. It's all yeah, fucking yeah. bullshit, man. It's all for fucking nothing. They're worthless people that have worthless opinions on shit. They think they're taste making, and you know everyone's opinion is different. Everyone's taste is different, so I don't think that there's a necessary need for you to be diluting. Pardon me. Who the fuck is at my door? There's literally no need for you to be fucking criticizing people's music and putting a number on it because you're already giving someone an idea. This guy delivery from Harry Harvest. Love it. It's a good, it's a good little uh, organic food brand. I love that shit. How are you finding fucking, that, I'm then? How I'm you fucking finding... sick of cooking, brother. I'm sick of cooking. Oh, how are you finding that transition to 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 to, to considering health with your taste choices as well? Because again, you've you've gone around the world to to try some amazing yeah. f- food. You spent time in in London. How did you find the British cuisine? Because we ain't known it's for it. One of my favorite. I think really? you are at this point. Yeah, it's one of yeah. my favorite places to eat. Because I don't know what people are trying. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know what they're eating. What are they considering British cuisine? Yeah, British cuisine is Indian cuisine. It's fucking. It's multicultural, bro. Exactly that. Exactly. I don't that, think. Yeah. I don't think that I've ever had better Indian food in my life. I don't yeah. think I've ever had better Turkish food in my life. I'll name two Completely. places right now. Mang- Mangal Two. Yep. In uh, I don't know the name of the neighborhood, but it is fucking mind blowing. Turkish spot. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. I forgot the name of the area. There's a, there's a, like a lot of art galleries over there now. A lot of like immigrant, um, Syrian and Turkish, yeah, yeah, Turkish yeah. area. Do you know you know what area I'm don't talking know about? The area. I don't know, but we can All find right. that out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, and also Lahore Kebab House, Whitechapel Street, right behind Brick Lane. 
Yeah. Oh my god, that's that's like my fucking mecca. Yeah. Every time I land, I go immediately there. I don't give a fuck if it's eight in the morning. I'll just wait. I love it. I need those lamb chops, man. They make the greatest lamb chop that has ever been made in the history of Earth. It's beautiful in places like that because they make it all seem so s- simple. It's it not, is it's, so it's, simple. It's, it's not any kind of here's our special secret ingredient. It's like here we go. We've got the meat. We've got fire. We've got hot rocks. We're we're going to yes. make this. But man, whatever they're basting it in, the thing that they're marinating it in is yeah. the most complex situation that we could ever imagine. From dried mango powder, yeah. fucking unripened mango puree, like shit that's crazy. Like where do you get these <laughs> things? Yeah, so I mean, I love- just I, I love I love the English cuisine. I, lo- I we just did a fuck that's delicious there yeah. last year. My mother's seventy fifth birthday. We brought her there. Amazing. She she loves it. My grandfather is is uh he was born in Latvia, but he lived most of his life in Manchester. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's good Indian food in Manchester as well. That's another I good mean, Curry Mile. Good curry yeah. Mile is fire. Yeah. So 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 again, like, how have you found that kind of? Because you're you're focusing on exercise and fitness and your health and yeah. living, as you said. How's that played into your diet and your foods and your enjoyment of, of food? Hell yeah. You can still eat good and be healthy, you know? Yeah. And that's key to it because that's the only way you remain yeah. eating healthy. You if don't you, have, if, yeah. if you make it this bland, like horrible shit, you're not going to maintain. You're no, going to be waiting for that but, cheat. Yeah, but sometimes you do have to fucking, like, force yourself to eat some, like, nasty, bland shit. You know, because you you got to remember, yeah. at this point, sometimes you're, you're eating specifically for nutrition. Yeah. Yeah, I want every meal to be delicious, so I put some fucking hot sauce on some shit I don't really like. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't eat things you don't like. You find what you like, and you just do you, you do find new variations. But now with this new, you know, with the delivery things and this company, I'm, uh, whatever I just said, the Daily Harvest one, you know, I don't really like shit like that, but they deliver food that's really delicious like i'm not really a, a supporter of lots of that crazy shit you know yeah like meals that get sent to you and fucking jenny craig and shit like that you know what i mean like yeah yeah this yeah. is not this is not like a weight loss thing this is straight up organic pure food like it's not garbage yeah, so i think if you just start off with pure food and not eating anything processed that's a good start don't drink fucking soda don't drink snapples don't drink any sugar don't compound yourself with fucking desserts upon desserts. Don't snack on cookies, man. Like, I used to do all these things in abundance. Yeah. Compounded within a day. Like, fucking eating the worst shit in the world, man. It's and, not and good. Until you, you try it, it still sounds like bullshit. But, like, a few years back, my brother got really into it. He won't eat anything that's not processed. That is processed, sorry. Yeah. Um, everything is fresh, even t- to the extent that... Uh, when he makes his bread, he won't use yeast because that's kind of made. So he'll he'll have to cultivate his own bacterias. Like that's well, some that's crazy shit. No, but it tastes you amazing. Have to use he, those. Yeah. he puts you his have to time use and effort in. Bacterias. Yeah, he puts the time and effort in, and he will make the most basic. Like it's it's like we were saying with Lahore, he will make the most basic seeming dish, and you'll eat it, and it'll blow your mind. It's like I've had exactly. this a million times. What are you doing differently? It's like it's just fresh. It's not processed. Nonsense. Not only that, it's just really about it's about respecting the ingredient at the exact time that it's ready to be eaten, you know? Yeah. Ingredients are ready to be eaten at certain times, you know, and we have to respect the cycle of, of seasons in life. I and mean, you gotta eat seasonal. Yeah. Or else you're not gonna fucking try and eat a strawberry when they're not really good. You know, it's just not it doesn't make sense. 
Yeah. You got to have yeah, yeah, it yeah. at its peak of ripeness, you know? It's like yeah. peak performance. I want peak performance all the time. I love but, that. But um, the eating situation, you just got to fucking go for it. Just got to do it. I love it. Speaking of just fucking going for it and, and doing it, I've seen you in two films that I've been a big fan of recently. One of them, obviously, everyone went crazy over it, was The Irishman. And a, a pal of mine, Stephen Graham, was was, was doing that. And I, I, by chance, was in New York with him just as he was starting. And he's he's won awards over here. He's done all these amazing things. But he he's was one nervous. of the best actors, bro. He's absolutely amazing. He was, he was he's one of my favourite actors. He was amazing De Niro in Snatch. and Pacino. He was And these guys who were just in... next level. Really? So, how did you find that as kind of a jumping in point? Steve is Stephen is a fucking amazing actor. He's next level, man. He's absolutely inspiration. He was ama- like first time I ever saw him was in Snatch. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Then you know, like he's fucking, he's all over the place. Boardwalk Empire. He's unreal. He's uh, he's one of my favorite characters in Boardwalk Empire. Like, how can you play he's, Al Capone and just own it? It's he just was amazing. Her yeah. fucking thick, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Literally perfect. It really was, and he and he he was amazing in Irishman as well. So I mean, yeah, I agree. It was, uh, you know, at first I was I was fucking. I, I thought they were just gonna throw me some random, you know, scene where it was just me and no one really in it. Then I fucking found out that it's just me and De Niro in the scene. That it's just me and him. Now I was shitting bricks a little bit, but I was like, fuck this. I'm me. I got this kidding me this is why they chose me because it's me yeah so i was psyching myself up i headbutted the wall a couple times and i did it it's what you gotta believe as as well like i said that to stevie in the build i was like it's scorsese he could have every anyone he's chosen you because you're you exactly i mean you're in there because it's you he didn't have to have you he could have anyone he fucking wants he could have had any fucking body but they put me in it they chose me and he left the scene in because they cut a lot of fucking people out yeah man you know, there was a lot of people they cut out. We left my scene, and people flipped when I was at. I went to Lincoln Center for the opening. You yeah. know, he brought me on stage. Me, Sebastian Maniscalco, fucking Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, all on the stage together. You know what I mean? Yeah. De Niro, Scorsese, his wife, everybody that was in the movie, Artie Bucco's wife in Sopranos, the one who you know I forgot yeah, her yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, Artie Bucco's my guy. I saw him in the street the other day. Amazing. He's a good Brooklynite. Yeah, man, it's it was next level. I got a big pop when I my when I came on the screen. Yeah. You know, my mother told me she went noon at noon to some place in Long Island where there's you know a good bunch of older people, and she <laughs> saw the movie. And when I came on, there was a big pop, and she got she started crying. I love that shit. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. You know, like it's fucking next level. It's got to mean a lot. And again, there's an element where your surroundings are preparing you for these things because it might just be because I'm not from there. But again, the first time I went to New York, I felt like I was in a film because that's where all the films were. I've seen all these classic films that are are, are based in New York and are are telling me about New York. So it kind of, I guess it set you up for that in a way. You just get this confidence. You know, you're just confident. It's as if, Nothing phases you. Like for me, nothing phases. Yeah. There's no phases. I'm just, I'm fucking ready for anything, whether there's 55,000 people on the state, you know, waiting to watch me rap, or there's 100 people. Doesn't yeah. fucking matter. I'm going. I'm it. going. I'm being me no matter what. 
So, Especially so when was, that camera turns on, I had a, oh, I'm not wasting people's time here. I'm talking yeah. about a fucking serious, like one of the biggest budgeted movies of probably ever, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's not Terminator 2. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so how was it then? Because the other f- film I didn't expect you to pop up in was The King of, of, of Staten Island. It It kind of... It got missed over here a lot because of the pandemic breaking out and kind of closing cinemas yeah. and fucking everything up. But I really enjoyed that film. I thought the tone of it was great. And you just kind of pop up in a bad way and, and get to be a kind of fucked up mess. How, how, how was that? It was amazing. I got <laughs> yeah. to do exactly what I want. Like both of, these, both of these movies, very, very different. But yet I showed up. And I was able to do the scene wearing what I showed up in. That's amazing. You feel like I didn't have to fucking have... My wardrobe was just two of the same shirts <laughs> that I had already wore to the set. So it was funny. I was taking my shirt off and I had put the same one on to do the fucking scene. It was like mind-blowing. <laughs> I don't know. I get a kick out of something like that. I, I love that. I, I got a kick out of that. That's gonna but give you. Yeah, that's just, gonna give you confidence as well in the character, right? Because you know, it's like, no, this is just me. This is how I turned up. I'm not. I'm not even having to think about acting here. This is exactly. <laughs> this is just what I. This is what I do every day. Yeah. So, man, Judd Apatow, he's amazing. He's an amazing director and just mind and yeah. Pete, amazing mind. You know, they just Pete, Pete blew me away. I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't that they aware made of me him. Feel good, man. He was made great. Me feel good. Yeah. Bill Burr meeting Bill yeah. Burr was dope. Legend. Fucking Marissa Tomei, like it's just next yeah. level. It was just next level. So is is that something that you're actively looking at? Because one of the things I think that this this pandemic and, and lockdown and whatever has done is made people kind of it it can bring to the forefront of what you're missing the most or what you're thinking. Right, here's what I need to be getting on when it's available, when things open up again. Here's what I want to be doing. So is acting a, a focus at all, or has it all been like? I've got new music. I've got a new record. You need to I let mean, me out my house. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you right now, man. The music is at the forefront. There's no doubt because everything that I do is at the forefront at the time that I'm doing it. But music yeah. is what got me here. You know what I'm saying? Music is what put, what put people's eyes on me, is what made people know that I like food and cooking and made it a reason f- to watch me. Like, oh, this dude's a rapper and a chef. He does a food show, blah, blah, blah. You know, like it was so... Rap music and music in general is just what I... That's my fucking life. Yeah. And it, it shows in when I put music out. New album, Only for Dolphins, is like, you know... It, it's more... It's just next level shit. It's literally for fucking telepath, you know, just telekinesis shit. And, well, what's uh, the deal? Because, again, I've, I've, I've read a bit about it. I said it's called Only for Dolphins. And yeah. I don't know too much about the producers you're working with on there, any collaborations or... And, yeah. And, and what the dolphin influence is on on, on the record? On um, White Bronco, I, I was it was a line on a song called Mount Etna, where I literally said my next album is only for dolphins, meaning that motherfuckers don't deserve me, is what I was saying. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't deserve me. The next album's for dolphins, so I kept my word. The next <laughs> album is only for dolphins. I collaborated with my two best friends in the world and they happen to be brothers and they happen to be amazing rappers as well. Mayhem Loren yeah. and uh, his brother Hologram, who was fairly unknown, but is my favorite rapper for years. 
I mean, that's all. That's that's the crew from from junior high school. You know, thirteen years old. Those are my guys. I love it. And you know, the producers I work with are my 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 cast of characters that have been in my life. You know, that always put the effort in coming to work with me and making things happen for me. And like Alchemist, like Harry Fraud, my man DJ Muggs, one of yeah. you know one of the most legendary people around. He's just been a great influence in our lives since we met. And uh, my man Budgie, who got the next single, I produced a couple on there. Nice. Um, yeah. How have you found that, stepping into production? Is that always... Well, it's, it's not like I'm over behind the fucking machine doing the chicka, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. I listen to the stuff that I like, and I have someone help me. And when we collaborate, it's called... The producer name is The yeah. Greek. Yeah. So when you see produced by The Greek... It's either me and Alchemist, me or Derringer, me and Muggs, whoever helped me loop what I liked. Yeah. And 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 how are you at getting that across? Because because when I did I did my That's a, the first a, time I've said it. Yeah. Cause, so, cause, 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 let's cause, see. I like that. That's 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 out there. But how are you at communicating what you want and what you need? Because when I did a solo record, the producers I worked with, because I had these visions of what I wanted the sounds to be they were like, we've never worked like this because we'll be in like a pub and I'll be like, I want this, this bass line that's going do, 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 do. And I'll, I'm literally just speaking it to them and they're like, cool, give, give me a day and we'll, and we'll get something back. How are you at communicating that? Because if it's not your first language yeah. as such, it can be tough. No, I, you know, from just being around studios, I've picked up musical yeah. language that I can explain to, to more technical people what I'd like. Yeah. But I, I, I like to explain with my body. Like, I like to... I, I physically show you how I want it. Yeah. Like, literally, you put the song on, I'll physically... Oh, like, right here, I'll get a really into it. You know, like, it comes across. Trust me. I, I love it. I love it. I'm yeah. feeling that kind of... Quincy Jones. I was going to say, Quincy Jones, Miles Davis even. Everyone knows it's Miles Davis. But Miles Davis's skill was, was pulling the band together, was That's making right. these amazing people bring the most out of, of what big, they're doing. That's a big deal. That's a fucking major skill. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to wrap things up and let you g- get back to your day. But before I do, you mentioned all areas of art and creation and, and you paint as well, right? So, so what's your, yeah. uh, what's your style? What are you into? I've, I've not read much about it. It's the one thing that I kind of, I saw a note and then as you brought it up then, I was like, right, yeah, let's, I want to hear more on that. Yeah, I mean, just like creative process in general, like painting, sculpting, yeah. create, like whittling motherfucking wood, like all this shit I like. I yeah. like the act of like creating very folky type of art, you know? I like yeah. folk art. Like I went to Tulum and I was inspired by all these little like handmade, like stuffed animals that they make. They're very psychedelic looking, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very next level sacred animals that they make, and they're stuffed. But that sparked me to, you know, use my creative. Now I'm fucking sculpting things, and I always love animals, animals and trucks and cars and shit. So that's always my main focus. I was, I was doing a TV sh- show last year in Prague, and I was just walking around one night. I love Prague. It's amazing. I stumbled upon this this little shop that have all these handmade like marionette puppets and they don't allow any cameras in there like the little old lady that runs it someone took their camera out to take a photo and she literally swarmed on them was shouting and hitting them with a little stick and it was was some of the most amazing 
shit I've ever seen because it was exactly that. It was these weird animals and these weird creatures and characters that I've just never seen anywhere. And so much stuff, as soon as something original is made, it's ripped off a million times and mass produced. But it seemed to be this cool. That's why she didn't want the fucking picture. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like fake Supreme. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fake Michael Jordan sneakers, you know? It's just easy to get. Easy to get your hands on. I love that. So, I mean, is there anything... I mean, we've, uh, we've talked about painting, rapping, acting, um, TV host. We've not even touched upon... Uh, the thing is, pu- the TV host author. thing... The TV host kind of... The, the word host bothers me because I'm the fucking creator. Yeah. I create these shows. I don't host them. This is my... Like Fuck it. That's Delicious is my brainchild. That's my yeah. life. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Vice didn't create that and just placed me. I created that and I placed me. Yeah. You know, like, it ain't no host. I'm a creator. I like that. Well, creator yeah. of TV shows, showrunner and, uh, and Showrunner for sure, it. PA, whatever. I do it all. I'm a camera guy. One. I'm literally five tool player. But that's what I wanted to ask. Is there anything that is on your list that you want to do that you haven't got round to ye- yet? Anything yes. that's on the cards that you're like, here's, here's what's in the future. Yeah. What uh, I want to I, I learn printmaking. Yeah. Like, like carved wood printmaking. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I used to I do wanna, a bit of screen prints stuff. Yeah, and it's screen fucking goes, amazing so I, as soon as you're pushing it through. And, yeah, yeah, the screen printing is kind of easy, but these are more like you have to actually carve the image yeah. with yeah, a yeah, little yeah, like yeah, yeah. carving tool and then press. And then it's, it's going to... I Like just watching... Um, my boy did a documentary on Ed Hardy, who's yeah. one of the greatest tattoo artists to ever live and artists in general. My man, Chris Grosso, who's one of the producers, or who's the producer on Fuck That's Delicious. Yeah. He did an amazing documentary on Ed Hardy and Ed is like a master printmaker and just seeing all the different things and all the different um, disciplines that he could, that he utilizes in art. It, it's inspiring stuff. And I love making bread and, you know, things like that and yeah. making the perfect dough for pizza and all, all that type of thing interests me. You know, became, the creation of something that's that. alive. I, I'm not, I'm not the, the perfect guy dough. on Instagram making motherfucking sourdough bread. Yeah. I'm interested in getting the focaccia bubbles massive so they fucking explode in the oven and you get these big cavernous holes of Mate. this soft dough and this crunchy dough and the olive oil and the... Mate, I'm about it. I, I got deep into my pizza doughs and learning the the, the folding technique to keep That's the right. air in, keep the bubbles. Because well, we UK, were talking about with your brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doughs, I'm trying only to eat fermented dough. Yeah, because it's a little bit easier on the stomach. If it's unfermented, it's kind of fucking tough to break down. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I never yeah. had that issue. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But I love a good fermented dough. I like it. Well, I'll, I'll end it there because what better line to end it on than I love a good fermented <laughs> dough. That it's, it sums up what we've covered here. I appreciate your time, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Pleasure's on mine. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Action Bronson. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. And I told you, buddy pieces make it sound amazing regardless. So, yeah, thank you for tuning in. I'll tell you now, actually, I don't normally tell the guests the following week because there's a lot of moving parts in these 
strange times. But next week's guest is Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Another one that we did over Zoom. Another one that we had one or two technical issues, but it sounds dope. Don't worry. So, yeah, I'll see you all next week. Ta-ta. <laughs>